For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks in a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders and this week I'm your chunk. I'm Doge and what's a big deal, Doc? Chunks would have ate it anyway. And I'm Carter. Being genius is not enough. It takes courage to change people's hunks. They're pretty good Russians. Oh. Pretty good Russian. Yeah. No, nah, I was German. I was stationed in Germany. <laughs> I, I caught a bit of what you were saying. <laughs> uh, what hey, you Carter. Know? Why are you the hunk? I was wondering why you, why you hadn't asked yet. Why I genuinely forgot what we do <laughs> next. So I was like, what do What's next? Are we done? Or? Well, uh, why are you the hunk? Science. Um... <laughs> I was just going like right to the end. That's not why I'm the hunk. Not really good at it. Um, I'm the hunk because my downstairs neighbor, Is this Scott, a euphemism? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> has written and directed and produced a play, well, a musical that is going to be at the AT&T Performing Arts Center in April. Wow. And that's I'm awesome. super pumped about it. There you uh, go, Scott. He gave me an advertisement for it. It's called Pastry King. Um, and the advertisement was like a king like a suited card. Like he has a deck of cards and his like, and he's wow. like flipping cannolis and stuff. It's, it's exciting. That's so um, cool. Well, Scott sounds like I'd want to be his friend. Yes. Is his name Scott or did you just make that up? He said Scott, right? Yeah, his name's oh, Scott. Oh, yeah. man, I paid yeah. for a second. So that's yeah. happening. Uh, it'll be April. I'll probably, I might shout it out some more. Yeah. Because uh, that kind of thing, that kind of art kind of falls into what we kind of do. Yeah. And so when I get more details on it, exactly, Deeds. I'd love to share that Keep out through the Keep us posted on Pastry King. I'm very interested in that. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's raising money by doing um, kind of pop-up cannoli stands around Dallas. Uh, cannolo, because it's like a single cannoli. Did you know that cannoli is plural? No. Yeah. Would it be cannolos? It's just cannolo. Oh, it's Italian, not Latin. Yeah. Yeah. Same. What? Cool. But anyways. Welcome to the, That's why I'm hunky. the world's premier language podcast. Yeah. I'm a linguist. Okay, so I I brought an opener with me today. Uh, hoping it's to Taylor. Hey Taylor. It's Taylor Lauder. No, we're done with him forever. Yeah. Asterisk. Maybe. Please not. no. But we're yes. done with him forever until he does something else we want to watch. Um, uh, until he we can't help it. He's in a Marvel movie or a Fast exactly. and Furious movie. Um, okay, I would kind of love him in a Fast and Furious movie. Not going to lie to you. If he dies, I brought <laughs> I brought an opener with me today to punch up the beginning of what might become a very serious episode. Sure. And so. The question that I want to ask you guys is a question that somebody asked me last night. And this one really just honestly rocked my gourd. I, I thought about this and it, at first I thought I had an easy answer. And then once I thought about it more, I realized that this may be a truly unknowable question. Tell me things. Ask them. In the world, are there more trash cans than people? <laughs> 
my gut reaction was no, because think about all these like non-developed nations that don't have trash cans. But then you think about it. I was in a coffee shop when this was asked, and there were four trash cans in that coffee shop, and nobody lives in that coffee shop. So there's trash cans that exist where that, people don't that live. are not tied to a a head, a house, a, a person. Are there more trash cans than people? In the world, on the entire planet, not in the U.S. In the I'm going to say no. More people but than that's trash a, cans. That is a very interesting question. I want to say no, but then I think about like Callie and I have three. Silver spoon, goodness gracious! No <laughs> <three> trash <laughs> There's only two of us. <laughs> Actually, I guess I have. I have. Whoa, I have five. Whoa. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. You trash wow. can shamer. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but then like growing up. We, we have didn't four. Have that many trash cans. But we had some, certainly. What counts as a trash can? Does a dumpster See, now a building that's trash count as a trash can? Because what if what if somebody's just got like a cardboard box they toss all their trash okay, in? Okay, I think we have to take it at its purest, like distill it down to the essence. A trash can is a vessel for trash. Yeah. I, I think we say. were probably all on that page. Right? No, no, no. But I, I would say like a cardboard box then counts as a trash can. Uh so does it cease being a trash can? Mm. I don't like it. That's what I've decided. Right? That's what I'm telling you. It never ends. Once you ask this question, you can never stop asking this question. <sighs> but if... No, I don't like it. You've broken me. I need a definitive answer from the three of you before we can move on. There's only there's only two of us here. Besides Including me. I was talking to the third person. <laughs> Jordan, are there more trash cans than people in the world? Yes or no? No. There's more people. Carter, what's more? Trash cans or people? People. You heard it here first, guys. I'm Doge, and I believe there's more trash cans in the world than there are people. That's crazy. I honestly wouldn't be surprised, but I still have to think of like highly populated places. Like the Bangkoks of the world, Indonesia. There, but right? there's got to be some crazy dude who's like obsessed with trash you cans. You got to think about like 400. I mean, places like cans. the United States, the trash can population is way higher, I think, than the human population. Anyway, if there's ever a trash can uprising, we're screwed. That's all I'm saying. I'm, well, if, I mean, if that's the case too, I'm glad there's that many to collect all that trash. <clears throat> well, thank you, Doge, for that strange trash can detour that we took. Hey, you're welcome. I'll so gonna, start the show. I'm going to head out. Yeah. You guys got this one. Okay. Appreciate it. Got Perfect. it. We are today going to talk about 2019 Academy Award Best Picture winning movie, Green, Green Book. Book. And uh, I'm very excited to talk about it. There's a lot to be said. Yeah. But we want to start this episode with sort of a different mentality than we typically go into episodes. And that is the trash can question. But then we <clears> want to continue this episode with another different mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one way. I, I won't have you invalidating my good trash can That content. is one way of looking at it, for sure. <laughs> no, we, we do just sort of want to start the episode by... Uh, acknowledging like this is a movie that deals heavily with issues of uh, race in America. And I do understand that, you know, it's about a time that's not current. You know, it's, it's about a time in our nation's history, but I think that it's equally poignant and important today to have those conversations and to be talking and thinking about those things. But most importantly, what I want to acknowledge before we start is like, we this is this moment right now is the three of us recognizing that we are coming at this movie from a very different angle than um many many other people like yeah th i think that interpretation and meaning in this movie can be 
different based on who you are, how you grew up, you know? And, and so this is us acknowledging, like we are coming at this movie from the perspective of three white dudes. And that's all we have to bring to the table on this. Yes. Three, yeah. three white Christians. Three, right, three, three white Christian dudes. And so um, now all that to say, like what we will be doing here is not necessarily breaking down the validity of the conversation spurred by this movie, <laughs> but more, more just breaking down this as a movie, as yes. an art form is all we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. But just in case we, we didn't want the waters to get murky in any way on where we stand on like acknowledging our privileged positions here. Yeah. yeah. And, and as always, and I know we ran into this a little bit in Do You Believe in Magic? But as always, we want to keep our conversation confined to the scope of the text, the movie that we saw. Right. And, and so what we will be talking about is the movie. What we will not be talking about is anything that's not the movie. Sure. And I think it's okay to expand on that a little bit. Yeah. But like there were some extracurriculars involved in the making <laughs> of this movie. The director is kind of a trash can. So that's yeah, he one is more a trash can. But that's one more on the trash can. So one for one yeah, ratio there. The director's kind of a diaper and... Um, the writer might also be a trash the, can. Like we may also like the have two trash also cans. a diaper <laughs> yeah. and there's just some some sketchy tweets and some uncomfortable maybe racial bias among some of the people involved in the creation of this movie. But um, I, I, I don't think that that's what we're going to talk about. No. I think we're going to break this down as a movie alone. Yeah. And on that note, Doge. Doge. Do you mind supplying me with a synopsis? I'm yes. really reaching for those at this <laughs> yes. point. Yeah, I'll do it. Fine. Thank I you. will. Thank you. You convinced me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read this one straight from IMDb. In Green Book, a working class Italian-American bouncer becomes the driver of an African-American classical pianist on a tour of venues through the 1960s American South. Uh, and that's from IMDb, but another way that I would describe this movie to my close friends, like that, like if I send this movie a close friend request on PlayStation Network, I think the <laughs> to name- To reveal its true name. To reveal its true name. I think the true what name that would come name? up is Shrek drives Captain Raymond Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine around, and they eat a lot of things. They just eat so many things. Yeah. Actually, now that you're bringing it up, <laughs> one of my favorite things is how often Tony eats in this movie. Yes. It's very funny. Yes. All the time. It's like a Brad Pitt Oceans yeah. type vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And- uh, so, I mean, right out of the gate, one of the first characters that we meet is uh, Tony. Yeah. Tony Lip. Tony yeah. Lip. In a very, like, Goodfellas opening mm -hmm. kind of style. Well, not opening, but at the, also like a Copa Lounge kind of a thing. Yeah, but, right. Um, very similar to that, we meet Tony Lip, played by Viggo Mortensen. And uh, first things first, he's smashing some face. He's smashing some face. He is. Yeah. Intimidating. And, and he I think has put on some beef. He has. He's put on some weight for the role. Yeah, he has. I'm I'm very glad that was for the role because there's a part of me that's like, I don't ever want to see my heroes grow old. So to, <laughs> to know that Aragorn is actually a fat 60-year-old would really bum me out, but I, I'm glad that it was for the role. In, yeah. in an interview, he said that uh, putting on the weight was so much more fun than losing it all again at the end. <laughs> he said that he his rules were he couldn't turn down second or third helpings that were offered to him. He would end every meal with dessert, and he would try and eat as close to going to bed as humanly possible every day. Vico, that sounds like such a hard life. <laughs> oh, man. Come at me tough. once you've done that for two and a half decades. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Um, I will, and it might have been more appropriate to do it later, but I have to immediately because I felt this way immediately, but I pump 
his performance. Oh, oh my goodness. I think yeah. he was able to, because man, it is tough to play an iconic movie character and not only be thought of them in anything that you do. Exactly. This is not the first time Vigo has probably made watchers forget that he was ever um, king. Uh, right. Kelly didn't even notice. I pointed it out halfway through the movie. Yeah. And she was like, this, whoa. This yeah. was this was a, a, a transformation. It was very transformative. Did you yeah. know this was his first this was his third nomination for uh best supporting actor? Best, no, he, actor. best, actor. best leading actor. And uh the first of those three in which he did not do full frontal nudity. Really? So, I'm very thankful. Yeah. For this one in particular. For this one. Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So I guess that means no return of the Wiimote controller on this one. Yeah. Yeah. The- <laughs> also, when you ask to be, is it close friends on PlayStation Network? Yeah. Do you think like, I guess that's what happens when Gandalf the White gets a request and you see that it really is Gandalf the Grey? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I wanted to work a joke off of him just being like, mm, yes, that's what they call me. That was my name. <laughs> that's what they called me. Actually, this is just an extra episode for Do You Believe in Magic? Yeah, we're surprised. <laughs> All we needed was right. Vigo and we're back. We got to talk about Green Book, though. We do got to talk do. about Green Book, though. Um, so at, at the beginning of the movie, we kind of watched this um, Italian-American man, Tony, make his way through day to day after the Copa Club shuts down for two months, looking to Talking about, you know, how am I going to make the money? He eats 26 hot dogs. 26. I thought that was pretty funny. That yeah. was funny. Um, don't think I could do that. Mm, no, Just, I can't. Here's it was that. surprising to me because I hadn't seen this until after it won Best Picture. It was surprising to me Same. how comedic yeah. this was. Yeah, I was, was actually not expecting that. I was expecting like a, a drama. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I, I, I laughed a, a good number of times, I feel like. But um, we, we kind of watch him early on have some serious problems with racism. Yeah. Um, yeah, throwing away the glasses yeah. was probably one that stood out the most. Into a trash can. Into a trash can. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, once you think about this question, you can never stop thinking about this yeah, question. It's not going to stop. Um, yeah, and I, I guess I'm not too familiar with like 1960s era racism, so I don't know how much of a um, like exaggeration or not that sort of thing is, like throwing away the glasses. But like that, th- there rough. were many points in this movie that I felt and— I know there are some people that would be like, no, don't do it. I, I, just, I just felt shame for like what it made. Like it made me just be like, oh, I hope that that's not like a realistic thing, knowing that probably much worse had happened, you know? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. T- like watching that kind of stuff was just like, ah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, another Best Picture nominee, Black Klansman. Right. I mean, that's yeah. uber cringy. And right. it's just like basically speaking the cringe. But I think, yeah. and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think in Black Klansman, it was an easier watch for me in the sense of like, it was very, very clear who the bad guy was. Sure. In Black Klansman. Yeah. You know, we, I think this, I, I think it's similar. The strength of Black Klansman over this, it's very clear who the protagonist is. Sure. So anyway, that's a discussion that we will surely get into later in this no, movie. No, but that, that, that's a great point. But I think in, in Black Klansmen, we're watching and we're going, David Duke, KKK, bad, easy. Yeah. But in this, one of our one of our main characters we're following around has these horrible racial prejudices. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's racist is what it is. Yeah. And um, I think that was hard for me to like, like him in any context. Like I kept, yeah. it's hard to not watch that through a, 2019 context of like he would know better now but watching the movie it seems like he knew better then too yeah you yeah, know for yeah. sure 
So the the crux, the kind of the the source of the story of this movie is when he takes the job. Yeah, he uh, he ends up accepting the job offer from the doc. And uh, Doc's after- introduction is really cool. Doc's and so by the way, great. he he really did live above Carnegie Hall. Really, I had no idea. For That's incredible. decades. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, really. Uh, Mahershala Ali is phenomenal. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. That was deserved. Yes, I agree. I agree. Mahershala definitely deserved that best supporting actor. His So so the, the actor who played his assistant is Abed Nadir's dad in Community. Yep. Made me really happy. There's a yep. lot of people like that. Um, He's in Glee too. He's the principal. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The guy, so the guy at the end of the movie who owned the club in Birmingham mm-hmm. is the maintenance man from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I know. There were so many people what? in this movie that kept popping up. I was like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. What? It was very oh, funny to me. But um, one thing that I want to, and I'm going to do it now because uh, watching them like sit across from each other and talk, I don't know that I've ever done this before, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to super pump now. And my super pump is this. It is both of our people that put this movie on their back and carried it for the entirety hey, of its runtime. My super pump is the performances of our two leads. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's amazing. To, to me, bar none, the best part of this movie by a long shot. I would yeah. argue that those two performances are the reason this was nominated for best picture. Completely agree. I would think so. I mean, not not just because the majority of the film is them in a car. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they did such a good job. They both really did a great job. I agree. They're, I told Callie this last night. These are two actors that I don't know. Anytime I see them, I'm just like, can I h- hug them? Yeah. Not in like a, not in like a, they look like they need it kind of way, but in like, a, I just want to get some of it on me. Like, we I want to see if their magic rubs off a little bit. We have had this conversation. I think you and I have had this conversation about Mahershala Ali before. Like, I would like to give him a hug, and I'm pretty sure he would smell strongly of cologne, but a good cologne. Like a good cologne? Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. And, and and I think Vigo would smell like the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I agree. Yeah. Like cedar. Uh, Have you ever yeah. looked at his bio? What, uh, an, what yes. an eclectic yes. man. Yeah. Dude is crazy. He's a child karate prodigy. Auditioned for Burger <laughs> King oh, and got turned Stop. Up. <laughs> Quit bringing it back. What's dead must stay that way. That's true. <laughs> what is dead can never die, my no, friend. No, I... Flexed uh, it. I tried to change it. <laughs> intentionally yeeted that one. Yeah. Wow. I almost threw up gracious. in the middle of saying that word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, uh, it, Siri, <laughs> Siri, delete podcast. <laughs> Siri, delete Jordan. Delete to Jordan. Okay, so they're, they they hit the, the road. They they're hit driving. the open road. Well, yeah. I do want to say, um, so his his wife, um, Tony's wife. Linda Cardellini. Is played by, is it Cardellini or Cardinelli? I don't know. I don't remember. One of those Italian ones. I think she did a great job in this movie. She did she's, a great job. She's somebody that every time I see her, I'm impressed. Yeah. She's one very of the, good She's everything. one of the many people that can credit Freaks and Geeks to yeah. kind of starting her career. Yeah. The, did you know the age difference between the actors on, between Vigo and her? Yes. Which you don't, it doesn't feel that way it's until I looked at it. It's 25 plus years. No. It's 20. No. <laughs> right? I think it's like 14. Oh, it's 16. Yeah. Because he's 60, she's 44. Yeah. yeah. So and honestly, they both look great for their actual ages. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, but it go. didn't have me like, right? I just thought that was an interesting little trivia. Yeah. No, she she yeah. did a fantastic job. Yeah, she did. Uh, in particular, just while we're talking about Vigo, <laughs> before we really get into the meat of the road trip, uh, Vigo's accent work, I think, is the best thing about him as an actor. Yeah. I think his his accent work, it, it always feels like a real accent that his character actually has. It feels lived in. Yeah, that's great. And it feels like a real an integral part of that performance. It's, it's funny that you brought that up after I talked about looking at his bio. The reason I went to go look at his bio was I could not remember where he is from. Yeah. 
And he a lot grew of up times, in like Argentina, didn't he? Like Argentina, and he worked on a farm in Venezuela, and was in South Africa for a while, and New Jersey, and yeah. he's like he's like tri or quadrilingual or something. Yeah, like he's for sure. And that languages. I know that's got to help a lot oh in him goodness, in yes. him putting on some accents. But there's the people too that are like. Uh, Christian Bale is British, right? Yeah. And so like him playing Batman and just like American roles a lot of the time is part of the reason that it's like... Wasn't he also up for best actor for Vice? Yeah, yeah. he was this yeah. year. So um, yeah, all that to say, it's a good sign when you have to go back and be like, where are you from to know? Or you'd mm-hmm. be surprised they're from somewhere exactly. else. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Vigo, Vigo didn't take best actor this year. Nope. Who did? Rami Malek. Oh yeah, that's right. For Freddie Mercury. Which, right. we, yeah. which we predicted. Well, I no, I call I said Bradley Cooper. Just said Bradley Cooper. I got that one. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think that Vigo, his accent work makes his characters feel from the get go more real than yes. It doesn't take long for me to go. Yeah, as a person, yes, yeah. I would agree. I, I would contrast that with uh, with um, gosh, I don't remember the actress's name. She plays Amelia Hayes on True Detective season oh, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, I never for a moment forgot that she was British. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's there's the uh, kind of the two sides of like a very well-placed, well-executed accent makes me immediately be invested in the character and believe that it's a real person. Yeah. And a poorly done accent makes me immediately taken out of it. And I never forget that that's an actor acting and reading lines yeah. from a script. Well, and um, coming straight out of True Detective season three, Mahershala Ali, I mean like his voice, the, when he opened his mouth in this movie, I was like, whoa, like yeah. that doesn't, I don't know. He I think is, I was still expecting Wayne Hayes to yeah. talk. He is an actor who completely transforms. He is in, he's a voice in Spider-Verse, by the way, oh, which cool. you still have to see. Yes, you're correct. You're correct. So they hit the open road and we get a ton of scenes of them in the car together. And, uh, as like a framing device for scenes, I really love that car. Yeah, I do, do too. I think it's great. Um, and it was kind of cool. They they do a pretty good job of showing the period. Uh, it's easy to lose that in like, because we've seen a Hallmark movie where someone oh goes from the past to the future. And it's you're no like, different. oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know the Dodge Caravan lasted that long. You know? <laughs> and so it's like, um, but just to see too, it was like, there's not many models of car at that time. There were a lot of other cars that looked exactly like that one. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, that was great. And I love how that car, and this is just us, all the experience we have from doing all these Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. We're pretty we much car people. Not yeah. quite like Jordan, but no. uh, you know, I do have um, my own corner. When the windows are down, how there's not a divider. Did y'all notice that? Yeah. That's yeah. So it's just one big open thing right yeah. there. I love it. Some of my favorite scenes came from, uh, the windows being down. Things like... The rock. The rock um, throwing the cup and yeah. having to reverse it to go yeah. pick it back up yeah. off yeah. the roof. Like, it's so good. It is good. And the, all of those were funny and well done. And like, the timing was so great. Yeah. Um, I think they really got to showcase some of their like subtle humor mm-hmm. between yeah. the two of them. It was a lot yep. funnier than I thought. I, I've said that already. It's a lot funnier than I thought it would be though. Yeah. yeah. Now, I will say, as far as tone goes, I had a little trouble with some of the soundtrack a few times. Yep. It, it felt... Um, there were points when this movie soundtrack felt like it couldn't decide what it wanted to be as a movie, whether it was supposed to be like period piece or drama or like zany screwball comedy. Or like, here's the hits of the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. Serious XM sixties on 60. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think it was, I mean, obviously it was on, they did that on purpose, but they might've missed out on it being all over the place. But I mean, there was kind of this storyline of, uh, you know, Doc is a little more sophisticated. He's playing this amazing mix of jazz and classical. Sure. And then Tony just likes the usual stuff. And so I didn't know if that was supposed to reflect the tone yeah. of the movie and that it kind of bounced around like that. Um, but I will say that 
anytime that we get to see uh, Doc Shirley playing, mm. uh, that's amazing. By uh, yeah. Mahershala Ali did a lot of uh, improvisational, not improvisational, but like he's obviously not playing piano, right? But acting like playing the piano, right? And I didn't realize how much you have to like lean into that. They like actually, Jamie Foxx is the only other thing that I thought of as Ray Charles, but he's just being Ray Charles. Right. You know, he's not like acting like he's vigorously yeah. like going to this side of the keys. They actually and, body doubled Mahershala. Yeah. In the movie. And really? there's actually a couple points when he suffers a little bit from Tony Stark head and like Iron Man head. suit syndrome yeah. yep. where the head doesn't quite keep up with the body. But yeah. for the most part, it, it looked, I mean, it was pretty seamless. As somebody yeah. speaking as somebody who is like a piano is my primary instrument. I was thoroughly convinced. Like there was never a point where I was like, hey, he's not really playing that. Like yeah. it looked great. Yeah. It he did, did look great. really good. Um, something about Tony, uh, that I liked about his character. And I think it is okay to acknowledge that this movie was written predominantly by the actual son of yeah, Tony Vanaloga. Right, yeah. Right. And so doesn't doesn't make doesn't not make sense. So it makes sense that he would maybe be held in one of the best lights, if not the best light of the whole of the film. Movie. Yeah. And before we get way into the protagonist antagonist type thing, uh, I do want to say it was he did seem like a family man. And again, I'm only going off the perspective that was given me, right? Sure. So the fact that we do see him subtly turning down offers likely to be in the mob, you know, and people being like, he has yeah. this reputation, this, the same kind of reputation that Doc Shirley wanted to have him to like protect him essentially because he's right. going down to the South. Yeah. Uh, which by the way, like in real life, he was actually his driver for a year and a half. They just condensed it to two months for the sake of the film and the script. Yeah, right. Um, to get him home by Christmas. But, um, that was interesting. I think that was, because uh, it's the kind of thing too to where it's like you can have, and this is by no means <laughs> saying that it's okay to be racist if you're a family man. Right. But it's saying <laughs> yeah, of that there, there really is culturally, there's there's a lot of, of places, a lot of buckets to put our, um, what would I say? Tact, not tact, but just like being civil. Like there's a lot of right. different yeah. definitions of civil. Well, and, and so- I actually want to want to branch off of something you just said for just yeah, a moment. Let's do it. Um, and that is, I think this is a particularly poignant even now. And that's because I think that Tony, the character in the movie, I don't know about the person, but the character in the movie would have told you that, um, no, he's not racist or he's not a bad dude because he loves his family. So like, I love my family so much and I, and I justify anything else I do because I love my family so much, not realizing that like good people, mm -hmm. people who are good can do bad things and yeah, right. I think that, I, that to me that was actually very uh, kind of addressed really well. Yeah. in this movie actually was sort of this idea of like he probably did not see it as problematic. No, he definitely didn't see it as problematic the way that he right. um, treated people that were not the same race as him, but would have told you like I love my family, I'm good, I'm I'm never mean to anybody. Like I don't do I don't go out of my way to hurt people. Sure. So what's the harm? Yeah, and I I think I did sort of like even if it's like hopeful, hopeful thinking, wishful thinking. Like I think I did like seeing him have the veil lifted a little bit. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think and it was nice. With race, it's like, well, with racism, I think one of the more hidden, like one of the the biggest, I don't know, I'm having a bad time finding words right now, but one of the biggest like crutches, well, everything about racism is a crutch, but just to say like, what is it? Like the the kryptonite of racism a lot of the times can be, if you feel like one thing is good, 
if I'm at least doing that, I am overall a good person. Yeah. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. So like, and this was something that we we saw with Tony. Right. It was like, I do all this. And then we even have like, um, yes, we had a we had a white man driving a black man around, but it was also a poor man driving a rich man around. And so all these conversations get to come up, right? And so it's like, it's all about empathy and perspective, you would hope. Yeah. Right. But yeah. And I'm sure we'll have more to discuss here in a moment. But before we do that, it's about time for us to talk about some shout outs. Shout out. Well, welcome to Shout Announcements, the part of the show where we give shout outs and announcements. Here we go. <laughs> Wax Space, Tyler Station. Thank you so much for letting us drink your coffee and do stuff. We're in you right now. Are in. There in it ya. is. Yeah, let's make the same Indian jokes again. I mean, we drink I, your coffee. Let's make those jokes again, yeah. Uh, oh, there it is. Uh, do you guys remember Binya Binya Polywog? Oh, Binya Binya. My goodness. Guys, oh, wow. so happy. what a great thing that we share. It's what almost like it? we had Gullah Gullah Island. Yeah, formative, Gullah Gullah formative media that we consumed Island. in our childhood. That'll come back. So good. Yeah, pay attention to that, I guess. Yeah, and so uh, if you're in Dallas and you need a place to work and don't have an office to work out of, check out Waxspace and Tyler Station. It'll get the job done. Also, we want to say thank you to Podbean. We pay you money. We put <laughs> stuff on you. That's Podbean. You're the best. <laughs> in my mind, there's there's like there's a force of of heroes, and it's Inya and Anya and some other ya. But I need you to keep saying that and keep slurring your words together, so we can come up with our third member of these three sisters that fight crime. Love it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week we got three special shout-outs. First of those goes to friend of the show, Brennan. Brennan's emailed us a couple of times, uh, and, and he had some great things to say uh, earlier this week. He's just recently re-listened through our Marvel series in preparation for Captain Marvel, which comes out next week. And like we said yesterday on Mini Monday, we already have our tickets, and we are so amped for that. Oh, yeah. that's true. Oh, that's true. Second shout-out goes to Cody. Cody texted uh, me and Jordan this week. Cody! Cody informed me that Gollum has a pocket uh, that's kind of piggybacking off of our discussion of where exactly does Gollum keep the one ring. In mm-hmm. his butt. In his butt. Uh, in the book, Gollum <laughs> has a pocket. Uh, and, and this is my answer to Cody. In the book, Gollum has a pocket. And uh, it's made, made very clear that Gollum, when he's answering Bilbo's riddle, thinks of things that he keeps in his pockets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the movie... It's made very clear that Gollum thinks of things that someone would keep in their pockets. Gollum removes himself from the whole pocket conversation, yep. which can only mean the ring goes in this chocolate pocket. Oh. Yeah, Gollum does have a pocket in the movie. It, it's, it's his butt. His butt. <laughs> Gosh. And final shout out from me goes to Lauren. Lauren sent us an email uh, about Twilight. And Lauren is a big Twilight fan. Uh, as are the three of us. We're not. Uh, but it is a good reminder. And it's something that I think we usually do a good job of making very clear. But I think in the in the midst of our vampire-induced despair, yeah, we probably might have done a great job of this. Like what you like. like yeah, find absolutely. the Find the stories that speak to you and that you see yourself in mm-hmm. and, and that really shape you and influence you and like those with your whole heart. Yep. Uh, just please don't pick Twilight. It's yeah, so pick something bad. else. It's so bad. Yeah, I would even go further and not just say like what you like. I would say subscribe and review to what you like. <laughs> yeah. How was the podcast that? that speaks to you? That was good. That was nice. Find the podcast that speaks to you that comes from the three of hey us. You. Hey, you. Hey, you. Find it. Uh, if you want uh, thousands of episodes themed around butt pockets, we're here. <laughs> Look no further. <laughs> Look no further. Um, 
thank you to everyone who continues to subscribe, um, who continues to listen weekly. Um, it's just really encouraging. And I think I probably hear something every week. Yeah. Um, from at least somebody about how how they're digging it. And so if it's you can me. if you can rate and review, um, October doesn't seem that far away. Mm-hmm. Um, we're putting it as a deadline because part of the criteria to become a Rotten Tomatoes critic is you need to have at least had a medium of critique for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and two years for us will be this coming October's October. Our second birthday. Uh, we're closing in on 100 reviews, which would put us halfway there, or Bon Jovi, as we've mentioned before. But Whoa. Um, we'd, we'd love to continue to have more. A lot of you are subscribed and haven't rated and reviewed. I bet it's about as easy as when you clicked that subscribe button. Yeah, remember what you did? Do it one more time. Remember so what you easy. did? Do it one more time. And a uh, quick shout out to Ethan for some reason, his review continues to be is still the, the first one. one. And it is, is, and I only thought of him because it really did not take him long to write the review. <laughs> so Ethan, thank you. And watch your profanities. Watch your profanities. <laughs> um, I'm excited. And I want people to subscribe. I've just asked them to do so. Right? Yeah, I, remember, I was there. But, I remember. Here's, but here's what's tough. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's putting pressure on me to continue to br- bring good content to the chunkies of the world. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're doing best picture, right? The Academy's right. voted best picture. This is the best one. It doesn't they, get much better than the best. best picture. The best movie. And they then we're doing Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. A yeah. likely billion dollar movie mm, and yeah. one of mm. the most successful franchises of all time. Yeah. I'm having trouble knowing how to top that. Yeah. Cause we've got like that six weeks, right? Between Captain Marvel and Endgame, which is the next thing on our calendar. So. Right. What do we do? I have an idea. Really? What if I told you that there was a way that we could fill those six weeks with just some of the best stuff? (laughs) I would say, tell me more. What if I told you that in those six weeks, there were movies? Yeah, movies. I said it. (laughs) Movies with some songs, some dance, some love. What would you say to that? La La Land, six weeks straight? Perfect. La 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 Land. Now, what if I told you that these movies played a huge role in forming our taste to this very day? Is this a new character you do? Because I hate it. I do too. I'm so crazy. And what if I told you that there was one supreme mouse overlord tasked with the creation of these movies? I would say this is the weirdest series promo we have ever done. (laughs) Well, then in that case, I'm proud to introduce the next six weeks of our podcast after Captain Marvel, the The Disney Disney Dozen. Dozen. That's right. We took 12 years of Disney rule and reign, and we're leaving it up to you, the listeners, to decide which six movies from those 12 years we discussed. Those, how are they going to be able to do that? Yeah, so, we, so we're going to have a link on the website uh, and, and a link in our Instagram bio, our social media bios uh, that you can follow. There's going to be a survey on the website. You're going to have an undetermined number of options. Let's just throw out a crazy number. A hundred. Hey, it won't be that many. You'll have some <laughs> options to pick from of movies that came out during the Disney dozen, which is what we're calling the years from 1991 to 2002. The years that we believe and we feel like others may agree are are the best out of everything that they've done, right? There's like these state of the unions that Disney does. And they're yeah. like, hey, here's 14 movies coming out this year. And everybody's like, guffaw. Yeah. But we feel like within this 12 years, they just was, really crushed it. I think what gave them the 
capital and momentum to even do what they're exactly. doing today. This is this is definitive classic Disney Absolutely. in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so you'll pick six movies that were released over the Disney Dozen. That's a survey on our website. That survey will be live by the time you hear this episode. So once you finish listening to us talk about Green Book, Go vote. Cast Go your to vote. And I think, I think just to, and I'm not going to try and sway anybody's opinions because I've voted, so I'm going to name a few. But I think just to go ahead and motivate you to go, because it's going to be up to you what we're mm-hmm. going to talk mm-hmm. about for yeah. an hour. I mean, these are movies like The Lion King, yeah. Beauty and the Beast, Mulan, Mulan, Aladdin, the Hercules. Goofy movie, Aladdin. Yeah, I'm, we said I'm that so one. excited about this. I was listening to, just to get amped for this, I was listening to a a Disney playlist on Spotify Yeah, yesterday on the way to work. Um, I will say I had to turn it off when I pulled into the parking lot because it started on Remember Me from Coco. Oh. That and is the, not one of the movies. That is, is not, not one of the movies. We're not talking about Coco, but that song was on the playlist mm-hmm. and it's the one when he's singing it to, uh-huh. to baby Coco. And so it I, makes you go sad. I was that. driving to a meeting and I was like, I cannot walk into this meeting crying, so <laughs> I have to turn this playlist off. It turns Doge into the big sad. When, when so you, to everybody who's complained that we don't like Twilight because we're macho, I was crying about Disney on the way to work yesterday. So that's she's, macho. She just, okay. that's, that's real masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> I thought everybody was saying that we weren't nachos enough. I, I was wish like, I, I was. can eat as many Agreed. as we, we could. Like. Rev- we could review Nacho Libre for six weeks if you want to. I could do it. No, I thanks. could do it yeah. six times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think when you go to the website, yeah. you're going to be surprised at how hard it will be to pick six. Yeah, it is I thought really it was going to be easy. Yeah. I had three or four that I was like, yep. And then the other ones I was like, but I. You don't get to do this one if I yep if I do this one it's tough yeah. but it's good for us I specifically don't have a favorite on that list mm. and I don't <laughs> you're not wearing I'm a not shirt wearing a for shirt it. of my favorite movie from that <laughs> right list can't now. do this <laughs> <laughs> anywho that shout out well there goes Jordan it's just you and me now Doge <laughs> he fell off that podcast he cliff. fell off the podcast cliff <laughs> into the Podcrand Canyon. <laughs> And we're back from shout announcements, which means it's time to go for the show. We're still here talking about Green Book. You know the one. And much like Viggo Mortensen, I'm eating during Green Book. Yay! Yeah. So I actually want to talk about him eating the folded pizza in his bed real quick. Massive I, pizza. Hey, that was almost my super pump because that is my dude. Yeah. Yeah. That that is a man who recognizes the supremacy of the calzone. So Vigo Vigo begged for them to do that scene because he was told a story while hanging out with Tony's family that Tony was known to do that on occasion, order an entire pizza and ask for it That's to not be sliced. Say, it did not feel like a personal pizza. Yeah. Or order that was a whole a large pizza and ask for it not to be cut. And just deliver it as one like whole pie and then fold it and eat it. And he thought it was so funny. And he begged to be let be allowed to film that scene. And they kept saying no. And finally he said, just let me do it once. And if we like it, we'll keep it. And apparently the crew it. like could not hold it together while he was folding the greatest pizza. like food thing I've seen in a movie. That's how I know that Vigo is my boy. Exactly. Um <laughs> and he ate he eats a lot of food in this movie. He does. And it all looked okay. <laughs> it, looked, it looked good for I sure. I wasn't not hungry by the end of it. His his reaction to eating KFC in Kentucky was so good. I've actually experienced that before. I, like, took I a, guess it's fresher down here. <laughs> yeah. I took a road trip in, in college uh, with a random crew, and we went to Kentucky and had to have it, and we did. Yeah, I feel and like it did I taste better as well. Yeah. It's fresher. It's fresher down here. Creative way of eating a, a chicken breast, though. Didn't like I'll that, have to actually. Say. Yeah, and neither point, did I. He spit gristle just onto the floorboard next to him. I'm and telling you, he's Shrek. Carter's he's having a hard Shrek time with that. Oh. Yeah, he's he's real Shrek, real Shreky. 
Um, but it's it's in this portion of the trip when they're starting to get more montagey and just show them going from place to place and kind of what happens there when um, the movie becomes a little different than what I was expecting maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I want to address, and I've been thinking about how to sort of breach this subject, broach this subject, whatever. Bridge. <laughs> it's the first syllable of britches. Ah, yes. Yeah. If you how to, how to grab this subject by the britches and make it behave. I've been trying to figure out how to broil this subject, and um, I think I'm just going to go for it. And okay. that is this. So when I was watching, one thing that I was nervous about heading into this movie is I was very scared that this was going to turn into old white guy has the secret that old black guy needs to like be a complete person. Yeah, yeah. And that. Like black guy has secret for a white guy to stop being racist, and that it was just going to be a mutual trade of ideas. Sure, and in a in a way, it was that. Yeah, I feel like, and maybe I'm just comparing it to what I thought it was going to be in my head, and so I'm saying it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But yeah. but I actually I think I liked that. The only real life lesson that it felt like Tony was offering was like, you don't have to be alone. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's okay to not be isolated. It wasn't like, let me round you out as a person or like, let me, like, you're also racist and I can fix yeah, that I, too. I was worried, That's the, what I was especially at the beginning when he's cycling through like the different artists on the radio. Yeah. I was really worried it was going to be like, let me teach you how to embrace your culture. And it, it, it started to try to be that for a minute. It and I didn't wasn't love that, that, but there are parts of it that very much are that. Like the radio scene and the, the KFC. The, honestly, the KFC scene. The KFC yeah. scene really, really. Yeah. I, but they, I, think, I mean, I they think looks, KF- it looks tasty, but it's not tasteful. Yeah. Nice. But I think the KFC scene was honestly set up to um, prepare us for like how offended he would be at the dinner in Birmingham. Yeah. More offended. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think the offense would have been there regardless. But yeah, I think it would be... Well, I think it was just to give us a precursor of like, mm-hmm. okay, this is test, This is a touchy subject. Yeah, for sure. And talking about the, like, embracing his culture, I'm, I'm glad that they literally addressed it in the rain scene that we get towards the yeah. end to where he was like, actually, I don't know what to embrace. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who my own I? culture doesn't respect me for certain reasons, which there's a maybe redeeming quality later when he's in a jazz club. But... um. Yeah, I had some worries for that kind of stuff too. Yeah, but but to me, I'm thankful that it didn't end up being Tony telling Doc, well, I know how you can embrace your culture. And instead was just only Tony saying like, hey, you don't have to be alone. You need other yeah. people. That's like, it. People that was the people. only lesson yeah. he had. And, and I I was thankful that that was all it was. But I, was all, I also think that that lesson was handled really well. Yeah. And yeah. I enjoyed that. Uh, related to that, I think at least conceptually, is my super dump. Okay. Uh, and and my super dump is going to have to be that that Doc Shirley was not the protagonist. Uh, I'm I'm really bummed that he's the, I believe the technical literary term is deuteragonist. He's the secondary protagonist. He's Sam. Right. right? He, yeah, he, well, he Sam won in, in Best a, Supporting Actor. Exactly. Right. You have a, you have a, a African-American man who holds multiple doctorates uh, who is uh, like a high-class, high-society individual mm-hmm. um, who is not just on the heterosexual end of the sexual spectrum in a pre-civil rights United States. Yeah. And he is a secondary character in a movie where a white guy learns to not be as racist. Yeah. yeah. I think that, that to a me problem. is the biggest super dump of all. And I think that is the source of... of <clears throat> 
certainly not all of it, but a lot of the controversy around this movie is that I don't, I don't need another. It's not a white savior story. I right. really don't believe that. I it also is. don't think that. But it, it echoes that. There, there are elements of like, it's driving Miss Daisy reversed. Well, I, I think what it is for for me, and, and so my my super dump is kind of along the same lines. I don't really have words for it. I've been struggling a lot with how to even put this, and 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 I, it's almost the inverse of yours with the same landing point, and it is that. Um, I think as an actor, as both an actor and a character, Mahershala Ali and and by that same token, Doc, are just the more interesting people to put as the focal point of exactly. our story. I think that's basically what you're saying. I, I agree. I think that it would have been much more powerful if we follow him the whole time. And like he's all these people who are like high class, high society individuals are telling him, you need to be around people, you need to be around people, but he writes them off. But then he meets this random white trash, like uneducated, gross Shrek of a human who's like, hey man, you actually need to be around other people. And he sees that and yeah. he, he learns from that. Yeah. Like, I think that's the interesting way to tell the story. Regardless of, there's whole debates about the actual accuracy of this, the, the, sure. the actual human. But right. regardless of that, if you take this as a story, if we limit our conversation to the scope of the text, that's how you tell the story in an interesting way. Right. And and I think I agree with you, um, especially when it comes to like, Okay. Okay. Now here, here's what I will say. I did love the idea of he needed somebody big and scary to be around to sort of protect him. Yeah. Um, and I, I also loved sort of the dynamic of him almost resenting that protection and still wandering off from it. I think that was very, mm -hmm. yeah, very interesting and kind of unique mm -hmm. to watch. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. For me, this is where the this is the point in the journey where the movie stalls out for me just a little bit of just like. Oh man, you almost really had me. Like it was almost really there for me. Yeah. Um, would the same? Would a similar thing have happened if Black Klansman had decided to tell the story from Adam Driver's exactly. character's position? I think it would. I think would've. that's that's exactly what this is. Yeah. I think because I, Adam that's Driver, what I was thinking because the whole time. This, this whole thing. This is not Tony Lip's fight, right? You know no, what I mean? It's like not. this is this is not this is not his conflict. And but, I think they tried to make it a little bit his conflict because of the persecution against Italians, but it's almost a slap in the face to say Italians had it just as bad as black well, people. Well, one of the it. best scenes in the whole movie to me is when Doc is getting mad at Tony and he's like, I have had to endure that talk for my entire life and you couldn't do it for one night. Yeah. Yep. And that I was, was great. like, I exhaled. Like I was like, oh. Yeah. That and that was, was just so good. Um, Man, Mahershala Ali is incredible. Yeah, he like, really is. He really Vigo, is. They both are Mahershala so good. Mahershala Ali is climbing up that list of favorite actors of all time for me. Oh, no like, doubt. Like, I think he is, he is rapidly ascending. Yeah, well, it's all happening so fast. It really in, is. In such a the Santa Claus 2 has hijacked that phrase for me. I, I know that you're talking I very seriously. I know you say this is all happening. Anyway, I just had to so say that. Fast. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, I, I'll throw my super dump in, too, just to, so that we can continue a little yeah. more of the serious part of this. But... Um, not that we're trying to get away from it, but uh, I think with me feeling the same way in that uh, Doc Shirley probably should have been the protagonist is that um, I think this movie had a chance to redeem that a little bit and even failed there. Mm. Um, its namesake is Green Book. And I think we spent a really 
unfair amount of time on the actual green book. Yeah. It was it probably had 60 to 90 seconds of screen time. You're saying there should have been more. There should have okay, been more about you. the green I'm book. I call your movie Green Book. That has to be a big part of it. And that. the reasons why. And and maybe a little bit more of the story behind why. And right. it's like and yes, there's a, it shouldn't have had to be you do some research and it's alluding to. Like alluding to shouldn't have been a, a part of the verbiage for this. Like they need to make that very clear. Yeah, I agree. Like, when did he get it? How did he get yeah. the green book? Why did he pursue that? Did did Doc Shirley give it to him? Because he's like, hey, this is actually what's going to be better once we get to the South. It was just there. It just kind of like showed up in called, his passenger uh, seat. If the I movie's the, called Green Book, and, and if we're fictionalizing it as much as the claims seem to indicate, if your movie's called Green Book, then it's about a driver who gets the green book and says, no, you know what? This is stupid. We're staying where we're staying, and they can't make me go somewhere And doesn't else. realize that it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. If if you want to keep your white guy the protagonist, yeah, which I do not, right? I uh, I think for me that one of the biggest bummers about the movie is I think you're right. Our protagonist it, he doesn't even go from he starts the movie as a racist and ends it not a racist anymore. It's just like he ends it slightly less ends it less racist. Well, and really just kind of less racist towards like one dude, towards one guy. Yeah, um, which is why I think and if he is the secondary character. Then we go, yes, that's progress. And we're watching Mahershala Ali go, there's still you know time. What? Like, we can affect yeah. people. If I can change him, I can change him. But instead, yeah. he's our main character. He's our protagonist. And we're watching going, that's it? That's your that's, that's your goal? whole journey I think here? what a sweet, and yes, there's a, there's the symbolism of him welcoming him, in, welcoming him into this home full of Italians on Christmas. And this I is the only African-American. But I think a really sweet symbol that would have even given me a little bit more, walk into a kitchen, get another one of those glasses and fill it up and give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. The one that you threw, not the one you threw away, because we know how many trash cans are in the world. Like that, so that many. a dumpster picked even. it up or something. Yeah. But like, just give him that glass. Let that be yeah. the end. Yeah. No, like I think put that, that at, at the plate as he's eating food with you guys. Exactly. Like, there's that symbolism would have been beautiful. I, I think I agree there was with a you. certain amount of neglect on what it could have been. I well, agree, and maybe that's the thing is like it. It really, from the point we're talking about, it kind of just chugs along and hits exactly the beats that I thought it would. You know what right. I mean? Like it goes along, mm-hmm. and then. He's turned away at the restaurant and then he refuses to play the show and then he goes to a bar yeah. and then plays good there. And I gotta and say, I did love all of that though. Yeah. I See, was, I didn't. That was so like, if you had turned the movie off and said, Doge, how do you think it's going to end? That's it. Like, it's so predictable and they get home by Christmas and then I don't care about that part as yeah, much. Like, I just, the whole thing, I loved, it's just, I loved the, I loved the solidarity of the two of them walking out and I loved him still playing the thing that he said he wanted to play as well. I'm not saying it wasn't effective. Like, yeah. I, I still liked it, but yeah. there was an element of like, Man, this one best picture. Like, so yeah, I, I talk about that. I need to be surprised by this. It needs to, in some way, do something that hasn't been done before. I want to talk about that. First, what I want to say really quickly is I loved the reveal that Tony had a gun the whole time. Yeah, I think that was, that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I think it was well played. I think it was Oh, awesome. yeah, there's some great, great moments. Now, before we get into rating this, um, I think we've got some similar and some differing opinions here about whether this movie was good, whether we liked it, whatever. But secondary to all of that, before we get into rating, I want to say like... This movie is tough in the sense of like, so spoilers for when we rate it. Like, I actually, re- I liked this movie and, yeah. and, and and I thought it was pretty good. I thought yeah. it was okay, but I don't think this would have even been nominated in almost any other year of the last like five. And I'll say this. I actually, I think that it won because the Academy does ranked choice voting. Like, I think Green Book got a lot of twos and threes on ballots because there were set because it was so polarized this year because like you said the selection was very limited and so there were people that were diehard black clansmen diehard roma some that were even diehard black panther but everybody was just kind of meh on green book 
And but I think it, it wasn't and it getting a lot of twos. And I think it got a lot of twos yeah. and threes. And I think that's why it won. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and to me, it's just like, it would have been, I think there's no doubt that Mahershala and Vigo would have been nominated for acting in several other years. But just when I think of the slate of Best Picture nominees from the last, let's say, three years, there's just... You're telling you're telling me that this is a better movie than Three Billboards. Exactly. Yeah. Which like I know. I just disagree with. Well, that. and yeah. even I mean, if and and both of these. So like, there were elements of race in Three Billboards. It was like I had listened to a podcast of a guy who was a movie critic, and he talked with the New York uh, New York Times about um, just kind of how it upset him that it was like it might have not have been such a big deal if it didn't win Best Picture, because right. if you're looking at the Academy Awards as a political platform. Uh, three billboards won. Yes, that was predominantly about three white didn't, people. Didn't win. Best picture. Shape of Water won. Oh, Shape I'm of Water so won. sorry. Yeah. Not not so. Shape of Water. Yeah. And so it's like this fantastical thing, like good for them. But then like before that was Moonlight. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, then, also Mahershala another Mahershala. Ali, yeah. Another Mahershala Ali. But it was just kind of like it felt like the Academy was kind of making the right moves, and then on this one there was a regression in yeah. a culture that's. That's the last thing that we would want right exactly. now. But I'm not saying that like that is the pinpoint of what you'll see on Fox News and CNN and stuff <laughs> of like this. Oh, we're heading the wrong way, civilly. No, but it it is kind of what feels like a misstep and something that had an, op- an opportunity to say like this is what we value in our art, and this is what we as a society hold to be good ideals. Sure, and it feels like a regressive step. I agree. Yeah, um, I do want to say my super pump. I never got to that. Oh yeah, because I never bring it up. But I really did like something that kind of. Um, didn't take me outside of like the central message of it, but I think I I loved the focus just on their relationship and just being friends from from many aspects outside of race. Um, but like him helping him write the letters, yeah, that, that was, was really so good. Sweet. I really yeah, thought that was, was really really so sweet. sweet. Yeah, and then even and at the we, end, yes, she says thanks for helping. She him. knew. Um, yeah, that's the, so good. The moment the payoff for me was when. <laughs> he wrote the letter and was like, you remind me of a house. Yeah. And and he read it and he was like, so what do you think? Is it good? And Doc's like, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was really sweet. I really, really loved good. that about their the relationship. relationship is really and, sweet. and this yeah, was, I mean, I they, they continued to have a close relationship uh, the rest of their lives. Yeah. They died so. within, yeah, they died within months of each other in yeah. 2013. That's crazy. Yeah. That's but absolutely wild. Love that. So I think it's time to uh, to go ahead and rate this movie. Uh, we here at Two Chunks and a Hunk have perfected the art of movie rating, so take that, Academy. <laughs> no ranked choice voting here. We science. have used science and science alone to create the scientific <laughs> cinema scale, and it is as follows. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing that we can ever say is buy it. After that, it's going to be rented, followed by stream it. Then forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we can ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. Who wants to go? Me do. Oh. I know what one of us literally did in here. (laughs) Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem, guys. Uh, I'm going to say... No problem, guys. It's me, Tony Lip. I don't know how long the... um, I don't know how long this will last in terms of controversial. Like, I don't know if people saying Green Book shouldn't have won is going to be something that comes up every year for the next decade. Because yeah. it doesn't seem that egregious. Right. Right? Yeah. And, and again, it's I... It's not like a travesty or anything. It, yeah, I, I mean, completely it's, agree. it's not like... Yeah, I, like if, if Black Panther had won, I think that would have been talked about for a long, I think long people time. Would have for the many, same many different reasons, yeah. yeah. But it was somewhere in between. So just simply because of that, 
because again, I don't think it would have won in a lot of other years, so it's not a buy it for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say rent. Yeah. Um, I think it's worth seeing soon, and to do that, you would you would have to at least rent it. I think on iTunes, it, it's it's rentable like mid-March, yeah. right? Because yeah. I think technically some theaters still have Green Book. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think I would just rent it. And that's and that's because I'm looking at it from like a movie standpoint. And even the the purchase of any kind for me is because of what's going on in culture right now and, and why it made big news. Like if you want to see that, give it a shot and have your own opinion. Yeah. And um, you're going to have to rent it to do that. Yeah. So. I would also say rent it simply to see Mahershala and Vigo do their thing. Good point. Like, great point. I would say that if you like either of them or like good acting, like this movie is worth it alone just to watch them get in there and get after it because they both crush it so hard. Um, I'll, I probably will never watch this again. I don't think I will. But it it was worth the money spent to watch it once. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't spend any of that money. I had to, in fact, spend it. Oh, we really? didn't have voodoo where My I was login staying. didn't work. Anyway, so I had to buy this movie because it's not available and I'm a nice guy. So Thanks, I bought dude. It. I'm a nice guy, so I bought it. Let the guys watch it. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I would have to give this movie a stream it. Um, my Januarys and Februarys are usually filled up with watching Best Picture nominees. So like, and I honestly think that's a great way to spend your January and February. Yeah, it's a good time. Uh, you know, I, I think the three of us all do that. Like we kind of get real into it right around this time every year and- this movie, for better or worse, is a part of that conversation now. Yeah. So I think if you're if you're into movies, if you're into like what is newsworthy, what is making splashes and ripples in movie land, then I think you owe it to yourself to watch this one, but stream it. Yeah, that's good. I think, you know, I think back to two years ago, and I I didn't think Moonlight should have should have won. I saw Moonlight, but in it winning. I did recognize like, okay, there's a lot of good stuff about it. Like, I get that. Yeah. I get why it won. Um, I can't do that for Green Book this year. Because there's agree. there's other movies in that category that I saw that I thought were better. Not that I just liked more. Because sometimes yeah. the movie I don't like wins. And I understand sometimes a good movie doesn't mean you have to like it. What would you guys, what do you guys think should have taken Best Picture? Roma. Uh, of what was nominated, Roma. I would say I really did. And it was very uncomfortable. But the favorite was a really good movie. Roma and Vice and the favorite are the ones that I haven't seen, and mm-hmm. I would say my choice would probably have to go to one of those three because none of the ones that I've seen I feel like are best picture material. I yeah. really liked the favorite too. Yeah, the favorite was really okay. really I'll good. Have to add that to my list. It's great. Yeah. So uh, to close out today's episode, what I would like for us each to do as we say our goodbyes is to say what our Italian nickname would be mm. if we were in 1960s New York and kind of mafia adjacent. For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordy the Shins. <laughs> For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Doji the Hair. <laughs> and uh, for two chunks, I'm Johnny Jughead. <laughs> my first name's John. Middle name Jughead. <laughs> Jughead. P.S. Kiss the kids for me. P.S. Piss the kids. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.